0: Okay, so over the last couple of days I've spoken about a lot of different things that are are loosely connected to each other, or maybe tightly connected to each other. And it's essentially been the intersectionality between identity, personality, creativity, flow states, etc. And what I want to try and do on this episode is try and tie a little bit of that together, or a lot of it together and i'm going to talk a little bit of as i have in the past about this idea of the soul and the ego so for just to keep things simple and more straightforward i'm going to divide you you and your entirety into two the ego and the soul and i'm going to what i'm going to say about the ego is distinct from the soul the ego as i say sorry the soul as to use my own terminology the soul doesn't speak english and it doesn't wear a watch And what I mean by that is, it doesn't it doesn't speak in language. So I say it doesn't speak English, but it doesn't speak any language. And it doesn't wear a watch, so time doesn't come into the equation whatsoever. And I'm going to list off. I've jotted down a few things here, and I'm going to list them off, and then I'm going to tell you what I think, at least, connects them all. So flow states. That state of mind that you find yourself in, whereby time goes out the window, you're completely, totally and utterly engaged in what you're doing, and hours could pass by and you wouldn't even notice because you're, you're, you couldn't be in the moment anymore. Okay, so a flow state. Dreams are another thing that's on the list. So in a dream, you're not thinking as much as you're experiencing. Okay, they're not thoughts. You, you live a dream to a large degree. Psychedelics are like this. A psychedelic experience you'll often hear associated with ego death. This idea that your ego, your sense of self, the Frano McCone part of me, say, that dissolves and what you're left is just pure experience or just pure emotion. A religious experience is something similar. I've never had one, but people who have had them and they've been had cross-culturally forever talk about... Losing the sense of self and losing all perspective of time and essentially, like in a dream state, being transported or at least appearing in a different realm. Awe is another thing when you're maybe taken aback with the beauty of, it could be a cathedral or it could be a tree or it could be the Grand Canyon. You're just, you're flabbergasted, your mouth drops and you're like, or your jaw drops and you're like, fucking hell. It could be the first time you ever see a, a giraffe at the zoo. You're just standing there and you just you just can't get your head around it. That's all. A strange one, one that stands out of the list maybe a little is a panic attack. Not a pleasant experience at all. And anybody who's had a panic attack or anybody who's experienced somebody else having a panic attack will attest to this. You can't talk to them. If somebody's in the midst of a panic attack saying, you're okay, everything's going to be grand... It's falling on deaf ears. The person can't hear you. They're completely, totally, and utterly immersed in the experience itself. So you, you may as well be telling the fucking ground to relax. And from the perspective of the person, they might be aware that you're beside them, but for the most part, broad sweeping generalisation alert. Whatever you're saying to them is incoherent. They just they can't give you any attention. They're being they're too it's not that they're too busy but they're they're being flooded emotionally and not particularly not with not with not particularly nice emotions typically an orgasm is something similar you're just filled you're absolutely brimming with positive emotion and you like it's that kind of it's that kind of energy that kind of don't care had sex kind of energy the house could burn down around you and you're just kind of blissfully lying there. You don't want to be touched. You don't want to be spoken to. You just want to hold on to the feeling. Triumph is another one. And when I say triumph, I mean, you're deep into extra time. It's the last play of the ball. The ball gets whipped across the box. You take it on your chest. It falls about mid-height, mid say about like waist level. You turn on your foot. You volley the ball into the top corner. Boom! Yes! Yes! That that feeling, that completely, totally and utterly overwhelming feeling of of joy or triumph or whatever word you want to associate it with. And you go running over to your fans yes! You're in the pub, you're surrounded by your mates, there's beer going everywhere, no one gives a fuck, it's just pure euphoria. And it's the same for your hand being raised at the end of a fight it's the same as winning a fucking race it's the same as a tennis match or anything even just getting an award you win an award for being the the best actor or being the best director or whatever the fuck it is and just in that moment yes that you're it's just triumph it, triumph is one word there's probably half a dozen, half a dozen different others but you you get the you get the sentiment laughter is another thing when you're in convulsions of laughter you're, it's almost as though you've been possessed. You're not, you're not yourself in that moment. All you are, you're, you're, your body is literally convulsing. You're, you're vibrating and you're just, you're in the moment. You can't be spoken to when you're, when you're in the fits of laughter, when you're absolutely fucking breaking your arse laughing in that moment. It's, it's timeless. It's something special. And what I think Ties all of these different experiences together, and there's, there's undoubtedly half a dozen different other ones that I just haven't thought of. What I think ties all of these things together is, I think they're what I would call an out of ego experience. Now, I don't think I'm not quoting somebody else with that. I've, I, I can't say that I've heard I've ever heard anybody else use that term, an out of ego experience. Now. As far as I'm concerned, I've coined it, but I am not. I wouldn't be at all confident in saying that I'm the first to have coined it. I've come up with it all by myself, like loads of other people have done by themselves. But I think there's something to it, this idea of an out-of-ego experience. Because in all of those things that I've outlined, you lose all sense of self. And when I say sense of self, like the, the name that you were christened when you were a baby... The person that you are, the, the person that the bills get addressed to at your at your address, that's your ego. It's all thought. It's all articulated speech. It's all language. And in each and every one of those moments that I outline outline there, that that part of you is kind of put on pause. It's kind of shelved for a minute, and it's your ex- it's your soul that, that's experiencing those things your ego is offline to a large degree and what you're left with is everything else but what is that everything else it's that it's 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 what gives each and every one of us the right to be the right of the presumption of innocence for for, for example it's what gives us the right not to be enslaved by somebody else it's what gives us the right not to have our hopes and dreams trampled on by somebody else. It's what gives us the right to go through life without being bullied by anybody else, without being subjugated by anybody else. It's it's our it's our it's our it's our divinity. It's our it's our divine spirit. It's our soul. There's a hundred and one different ways that you can articulate, it, but the, all those things are essentially the same thing. And it's that that experiences our emotions. Joy, fear, anger and all the rest of them. It is what experiences. It is experience itself. The ego is just the words that we attribute to it. And that's why... Your dreams, your flow states, psychedelic experiences, religious experiences, what it feels like to have an orgasm, what it feels like to to score that goal, what it feels like to win that fight, what it feels like to win that award. All of those things, another thing that they share is they're very hard to articulate. They're very hard to put into words. And that's because they're from a realm that doesn't have language. And even even with our emotions generally... Most of us know exactly how much we love our kids, or love our wives, or our mum and dad, or, or whoever it is. But have you ever tried to articulate? Have you ever tried to write down how much you love your four-year-old girl? Uh, I love her because she fills my heart with joy, and I love her I love her laugh, and she's perfect. And, you know, the words fail us all the time. And whenever you hear somebody say that, that expression, that words fail us, or there are no words... When anybody says that, what they're striving to describe is a soulful experience. And any soulful experience can be described, to use my own terminology, as an out-of-ego experience. And I think it's fair to say that creative people generally have these experiences more than most. And more conservative people, the less creative you are, the less capable you are of understanding what it's like for a creative person to experience, or for for any person to experience any of these things. The more conservative you are, the more your eyes will roll when somebody's explaining their dream or their psychedelic experience or their religious experience or whatever it is. Because oftentimes, it's impossible to convey these things these forms of experiences to people who aren't wired like you. It's like trying to explain colour to somebody that's colourblind. They just don't fucking get it. And a, real, a kind of a classic example of this juxtaposition is the conservative parents who have a creative child. And all the creative 18-year-old wants to be is the lead singer in a band. And they're... Conservative parents are like, oh, for fuck's sake, like we may bring this lad to the doctor and get him on meds or something because he's clearly broken. The fuck is wrong with him. Can he not see the sense in going to college and getting a degree and working up the ladder and becoming a you know uh, a normal fucking person? What's wrong with this child fucking rock and roll or rap or poetry or painting like what the fuck is wrong with this person?" and the reason they think that there's something wrong the reason they think that it's pathological is because it's not because they they can't wrap their head around it it's they're incapable of wrapping their head around it and they're not all wrong either because there's a massive downside to to standing out from the crowd there's a i think it's called tall poppy syndrome it's summarized very well in a jap i think it's a japanese proverb a butcher this, but but the, the sentiment is there it's something along the lines of the nail that sticks out the most gets hammered down first. There's something to that. And I remember there's a, a guy, I'm a, one of my boyfriends, I'm a big fan of, Robert Sapolsky. He wrote a great book I haven't read called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And I think it's in that book that he describes something that essentially explains the dangers of being a creative person. So he was out in the Serengeti studying zebras, as you do, And he'd be watching the zebras. He'd be watching a particular zebra in the herd and he'd be taking notes on its behaviour. He's trying to learn more about them. And he'd he'd single out a zebra to look at. He'd be watching it away. He'd look down into his notebook, jot down a note, look back up and go, bollocks. Which fucking zebra was I looking at? So what he did was he went out and he marked one of the zebras. I think it was with a, a dab of red paint on his haunch and said to himself, happy days. At least now I'll be able to look away for a second or come back the next day and study the same zebra. Because I'm sure between zebras there's there's variance, almost like in personality amongst humans. They're not all carbon copies of each other, so it's important that you're taking note on the same specific animal. What happened to the zebras with the red mark on their arse? The lions killed it. And the reason the lions killed it was because the lions could identify it. Because when you think about the camouflage of a zebra, a zebra sticks out like a sore fucking thumb in a grassland you see the fucking thing 100 miles away. you see it from space. It's black and white stripes, for fuck's sake. It looks like a barcode. How many barcodes are running up and down the Serengeti? Fuck all. But it's not camouflaged against its environment. Sorry, I was going to say it's not camouflaged against its environment. It is and it isn't. It's not camouflaged from the landscape. A lion is camouflaged against the landscape. A lion blends in with the grass. One of those things could creep up and sniff, you, sniff your arse and you'd barely notice. But a zebra, you'll see that thing coming a mile off. But a zebra is camouflaged against the rest of the zebras. It's very very hard to identify one zebra in a herd of zebras. Especially if you run towards them and they all fuck off in the same direction. And that's why lions tend to pick out the limp and the old and the young and the isolated. It's not because they're nature's clean up crew and isn't it great the way they thin out the herd like that. It's because they can... Rally the troops around a particular target. Because you can hunt a zebra. But you can't hunt a herd of zebras. And we are very similar. Very, very similar. I could say, think of your wardrobe. I bet you there isn't anything in it that would make you stand out. But then again, I'm speaking to somewhat of a captive audience. All yous off the league cons are all creative fuckers. You wouldn't be listening to me otherwise. You wouldn't be able to stomach me. Really conservative people would find me just... They just—they won't even know it. The the words will fail them in relation to thinking that people listen to me on a daily basis. You listen to that prick shy talking on about zebras and fucking psychedelic experiences and fucking orgasms and winning football matches by winning goals and he crams all that into fucking twenty seconds. Like what's fucking wrong with you? We're not—you know. Read a book, or listen to the radio, or stick on the news, or something, other than waste your time with that fucking muppet. But people like that, people with that opinion, and the parents of the of the creative kid who wants to be in a band or be a poet or do something creative and not and doesn't fit the mold, like people who fit the mold, they don't have anything in their wardrobe that would make them stand out. You know, they might have a red tie. Ooh, fucking living on the fucking wild side, there, pal but more creative people tend to dress more creatively they don't just wear the same jeans and the same t-shirts and the same hoodies and the same hats or whatever else as everybody else does because they're creative because they like to express themselves they like to show they like to show off their creativity and it's not about liking to sh- it's not about liking to show off their creativity it's not it's not that would be a conscious decision they can't help it they walk, into, they walk into most clothing shops and they just look around and they go, this is all the fucking same. Like, my missus will be far more conservative than she is creative. And you can see that in the colours of the rooms in our house. Now, she'd tell you each room is painted a different colour, and she has the tins of paint in the shed to prove it, but i call them all beige. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're all practically the same colour. If it was up to me, my sitting room might be fucking yellow and my kitchen could be red and my bedroom would be black and white and I'd have all sorts of different colours. Now, I'm happy enough to let her deal with that because she does a fucking top-notch job at it. But the point stands. Creative people do and cre- and like creative things and non-creative people don't, essentially. And on that note, I'll chat you tomorrow.